Meet Dr. Frank King, the founder of King Bio, a local manufacturer of natural products since 1998 here in Asheville. For over 40 years, Dr. King has been helping people overcome chronic, recurring, and so-called incurable ailments while following simple, natural, and safe remedies and principles. Dr. King's full range of natural products can be found online at drkings.com or find select products at your local health food or drugstore, Earth Fair, CVS, and Walgreens. His book, The Healing Revolution, is available at drkings.com, Kindle, or Amazon.com. Welcome to The Healing Revolution. You say you want a revolution. Well, here's the source of the information you need for your own healing revolution with Dr. Frank King. Hello, Dr. Uh, King. Healing is a revolution. It, it is, is a wonderful thing. You get revelations and you can have your own revolution. There's so many ways we can prevent the problems of uh, disease today. It is a, there is a disease pandemic manifesting in the world today. More people die from disease and uh, are cut short in their life from disease, are impaired by disease uh, than ever in the history of the world. You know, there's people are, you know, disease dramatically affects families so much more and people we you know then all if you t- if you sum up all the accidents all the wars all the natural disasters you know it doesn't even come close not even close it's a tiny fraction uh, of what of what disease causes in this world we've almost become where we become acceptable about disease oh it's just a way of life isn't it it's just you know we're all supposed to have we'll end up something's going to get me later and i no, i remember there used to be so many people and we've studied this so far you know even in the what we call the blue zones in the world today where people die naturally and live a long and a healthy life and die naturally without disease? Do you mean that's possible? How do you do that? You know, that's almost a shock to the average American. But that's the way things used to be back with, you know, and, and we see it even in these blue zones. Well, you know, and I remember uh, grandparents, you know, uh, died natural causes. Remember that term? Oh, died of natural causes. Do you see that anymore? It's absent from the obituaries you read. It really is. It is. And so we need to think back. Wow, let's regain this. Well, with the, we have the opportunities in this world. We have the tools to live the healthiest and longest lives ever. All we have to do is apply them. And why are they not being promoted? Because there's no insurance codes where the doctor gets paid to be able to share this information. You know, they're too busy fighting disease. And, you know, instead of preventing disease, you know, so that's thinking. So we've been talking about, you know, fitness secrets, finding the keys to you, finding your personal pathway to fitness and discovering the beauty of finding your fitness again at whatever age you might be. This is good, great for the grandkids to the grandparents. All of us can find our fitness. And that's what we're about, is helping people find their personal fitness. So what I like to do, I always like to, you know, I enjoy, uh, like I said, I like to walk. I like to run. Well, you know, I like Frisbee. I'm like a dog when it comes to Frisbee. You know, I have to go after it. You know, it's like squirrel. You know, it's like, you know, I love the art and the flowing and the, uh, of, of catching the Frisbee and throwing the Frisbee. It is a beautiful thing. I, and it's fun. You know, I enjoy it. It's it, there's a, you know, it exercises everything from my coordination, you know, to just an art form of, of running. And I like not just standing still, tossing it back and forth. You know, but give me a challenge. Give it to me where, you know, it's coming around the tree and I'm running and I'm 
planning it and I'm picturing it in my mind and I even spin around and see it coming the other way where it exercises my holographic conceptualization. Have you exercised your holographic <laughs> conceptualization lately, Randy? I didn't know I had one of them, <laughs> yes, Doc. You did. I really did. Well, you take pictures in your brain and it exercises your memory and how you can turn it the other direction and know where it's going to be. Ah. How about that? It's not an easy thing, you know, but once we exercise it, that's another brain exercise, by the way. You know, so there's so many things you can do with Frisbee. Yes, you can do Frisbee golf instead of, you know, riding around in a cart, you know. um, You can, but I just like free lance, free flow Frisbee. And, you know, and so it goes back to a little bit of my hippie days. I remember when... uh, group of long-haired, uh, ponytailed, kind of bearded characters with shaggy, you know, looking, you know, funky clothes, uh, tossed me a Frisbee one day, and I didn't know what to do with it, you know, and it took me a while, but they were patient with me, and they showed me how to turn my wrists and how to keep it level and spin it and throw it and start working with it. And I started exercising different ways to throw it, like a discus, like a regular throw, like my finger with uh, with my thumb, you know, different ways to do this. And I learned to love the, the beautiful thing of Frisbee. And so, you know, I've uh, got young people in our family. Cody, wherever you are out there, my my friend, he's a warrior. Uh, he loves to play frisbee, uh, he's, and so, you know, he's a, a great Spartan runner. And uh, yeah, can I keep up with him? No, but it's a good it's a good challenge for me at sixty five to be able to say, you know, uh, you know, I can still run and sprint, and I can do all exercise, do all the things that I like to do, stay moving. You know, I'm exercising my upper body, my lower body. I'm doing it all with frisbee. You know, so, you know, that's just one little art, one little way playing. I can do play catch, but, you know, just watching the flotation of that Frisbee and the aerodynamics and all the things. Anyway, I can talk a lot about Frisbee. Just to know when you find your fit in fitness, you'll, you'll become, you'll find your passion for fitness. You'll find a love. You got to exercise all these things. If you can get what we call your five creative forces working for you on something, that's when it gets locked into you. So when it comes to fitness, I want to encourage everybody to think, okay, how does this exercise my will? Do I have to really make myself and drag myself to do it? Do I find that, oh, when I do go out and do it, I feel good at the end. I find there's a, you know, I have that will and that desire. And you find that you create a desire. You create a want to. You know, you create a, you know, and then you get into your uh Passion, like you. I find I can love. I can learn to love frisbee. You know, I find a, the passion. I find it a joy. You know, these are all emotions. That's your second uh, of your five creative forces. First is your will. The second is your emotions. That's your love. That's your joy. That's your passion. And I find a peace about doing frisbee. That's another emotion that people don't really find. I got a peace about this. And a peace is a powerful emotion. We want to make sure we find things that gives us peace in life. You know, it gives us joy in life. gives us a love. Because if we don't love it, what happens? You leave it. You betcha. So, you know, ask how many ex-wives do you have? Uh, It's been pretty weather lately, hasn't it? Yes, it has. And so uh, then, okay, the third of your five creative forces is your vision. Do you have a vision? Can you see yourself doing this for a long time? You know, and you want to set that in your vision. That's your personal GPS, your inner guidance, if you would, system that in that inner guidance system, when you set a vision, yes, I can see myself playing Frisbee, whether it's for five years, 10 years, 50 years, you know, onward, I'm seeing myself playing Frisbee for at least 45 more years. Good for you. You'd be 110. Yeah. Good for you, know, you. You think, well, that's pretty crazy. It is crazy if you do what you are doing right now in society. But with the knowledge base about these things, you know, what really takes us down is when we can't get up. When you sit in a chair and you can't get back up again, there's your sign. Got to go to the 
retirement home, the old people's home, whatever you want to call it, assisted living. Okay, there's all sorts of names for these things. But, you know, if all we had to do is, and I'm going to talk about this today, simple things how to keep us out of the retirement home, out of the assisted living. You know, I'd rather be assisting my own living right now, you know, (laughs) having my freedom, having fun, having, you know, and so we're going to talk about that. So that's your vision. You got to have something for your vision. And then your belief system. Where are you setting your belief system about fitness? Are you setting it? Oh, I'm going to live 70, maybe 80 years of age if everything works right. If you got your belief system set for that, you got your vision set for that, you're you're creating, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You've made for your own life. You'll always find what you're looking for. Well said there, Randy. And so, you know, let's reset. Our biological system says we've got 120 years anyway. You know, I really, now will I reach it? I'm aiming for it. But if I hit 110, have I failed? And still playing frisbee? And, and playing no, frisbee? You've passed. And he, how'd he go? Well, they threw this frisbee. <laughs> at and, 113. And, uh, and uh, at 113 years old, he was sprinting so fast, he hit that oak tree straight on and uh, took him out. What a way to go. Okay. Uh, that beats uh, you know some of the alternatives here. Of, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'd rather be out there. I, one of the things I really want to get into in the latter half of my life is surfing. I want to surf. And so, you know, in these are, I, I love windsurfing. I've been windsurfing for a long time. And, but I want to go back, you know, be where I can be at the beach for part of my life and actually surf. And so these are goals. So I have vision. You know, without this vision, will they happen? Probably not. I'll probably live passively and become so passive that, you know, I don't ever accomplish these goals. Who wants to live that kind of life? That's taking life away from us. And so in the fifth creative force is when they all come together. So you have your will, your emotions, your vision, your belief systems. Or my belief is set for, you know, another 45 years of very active life. Okay, and they all come together in what I in the thumb here, the fifth part of the five creative forces, the book that I'm writing is your personal identity. That's how you see yourself. If you don't have that personal identity, if you don't see yourself being a fit person, if you don't see yourself living your life, your entire life fit, you rather see yourself sitting around in the easy chair, you know, with the remote. And that's your vision for your future. Yeah, you will certainly certainly die an earlier death than what you deserve, than what your potential is. I want to live my full potential. I want to discover everything I'm here on planet Earth for. I want to learn to love life and enjoy and experience more about the quality of life. Even if I do ever choose to retire, which is not in my vocabulary, I'd love doing what I do. If Even if I did choose to retire, I wouldn't retire into you know a sedentary lifestyle. I retire into a more active lifestyle, less desk time. You know, okay, so those are the things that are the potentials of what we have. This is how we can begin to discover and find our personal fit in our fit- fitness. Discover the secrets of fitness that works for us personally. Those are, you know, we have those secrets are there. You'll find what works for you. You will find, you know, I have another friend that loves to do hacky sack. You know, kicking the ball around. You know, for me, I, I, I never got – that wasn't – it didn't really work well for me. You know, but, uh, you know, because I like, you know, maybe running more. You know, I like, you know, so, you know, of golf, I, you know, my dad, we used to work on I grew up on a farm and we'd be going hauling hay, uh, doing things, going to go get seed, to go to get fertilizer. And we'd be in a truck and my dad would look up, we'd drive by a golf course and he says, look at all them goofers out there hitting the golf ball. Not, hey, I'm not knocking golf. Hey, if it works for you and you're out there and you're enjoying it and you're getting active not using up the electricity in just the golf cart, okay, then go for it. Personally, I don't like the chemicals. I don't like being around a lot of herbicides and pesticides. You know, I had so many patients of mine that were golfers. And 
by the time they got to the 18th hole or maybe they hit the 15th hole or 12th hole, after the first nine, they started to shake. And this wasn't just low blood sugar kicking in. I think it was the uh, neurotoxins from the the pesticides that were being used. And we found that we had to do and make certain remedies, homeopathic, for the pesticides to get those out. And that was one of the things that helped these people. So there's many different things like this that we got to be aware of in the 21st century. How do we find good, clean, green approaches to living our life? And for me, it was staying away from the golf course. You know, uh, besides, it took a lot of time. I didn't have that much time. And so I wanted to find things that I can do in 20, 30 minutes max and uh, be full on and now ready to move on to the next thing I wanted to do in life. And, you know, so have time with the family, have time with uh you know, my wife, having time uh, doing other things that we enjoy doing, reading, studying, learning, writing. You know, these were things that are important to me as well. So I had to find time for all this. I have time for the the office job and then, you know, making the natural medicines. Have find time to... Uh, you know, for the farm, you know, finding time for the family. And also there's a lot of things that we spin and juggle, you know, for research, doing continuous research, you know. So I find time for all these things. So I had to really work to get the fitness down to, you know, the minimal time. And you don't have to be an hour or two a day to be really fit. You know, we have to, again, we're going to share more details about how I can do, you know, the cardiovascular work in, you know, even 10, 20 minutes maximum if I wanted 30 minutes a day, you know, that I can find, you know, uh, you know, going with the dogs. I love the dogs to run with me. You know, I love being in a place where the dogs can run free with me. I find that, you know, little things you can do. Maybe it's riding a bike. Got to tell you about my friend. He bought. He he went out. And he he called me from Texas, and he said, "I just bought a Ferrari." Really? I said, I said, "Man, you're like, you know, seventy five years old. You bought a Ferrari?" He says, "Yeah." And he says, "Well, you send me a picture of it." He does. So he he texts me a picture, and here is a red, fiery Ferrari red bicycle. Uh-uh. It said Ferrari on the side of it. And I said, well, Perry, okay, how's that Ferrari working out for you? He says, yeah, I'm riding it. I, you know, I like it. I'm riding it every day. And then so, you know, a month goes by. I says, how you doing with the Ferrari? You know, how's, the, how's those rides going? How far are you going? What's your time? You know, what's your distance? And he says, well, it, you know, it's too rainy today. I said, okay. Next time I talk to him, how's how's it going? He says, ah, it's actually too hot today. And so I, and next time I says, how's it going? He says, it's too windy today. <laughs> and I says, really? So the next time I talk to him, okay, it's too cold today. <laughs> and so I said, dang, you got a lot of excuses for not riding your Ferrari, man. He says, yeah. He says, it's either too hot, too humid, too cold. Uh, too windy, too rainy, you know, so I just, you know, it's hanging up in my garage, <laughs> you know, so uh, that was, you know, we can do a lot of excuses, can't we? And we want to be able to work out of those excuses. I remember, I always say, we want to dress for success when it comes to fitness. We want to have a rain gear, a light rain gear for when it's hot and raining, a cold rain gear for when it's cold and raining. And I love going out into the rain. Rain is never an excuse for me not to do fitness. I, I say, it's the air is the cleanest it will ever be. That rain is filtering the air, taking the dust particles out of the air. It's giving you the cleanest air you can breathe ever. This is a great opportunity. Uh, let's go get, hey, it's raining. Let's go out and get some really fresh air. Let's get some really good, clean air into my lungs, into my body. And we call this vitamin O. What's vitamin O? 
That has to be for vitamin oxygen, right? Yes. Yeah. It's what we call oxygen. Very important. That's what gives us that endorphin, that oxygen rush. You know, they have out there now oxygen bars. Yes. You can go to an oxygen bar. Yes. You can pay a lot of money for oxygen, you know? And so I would say, you know, why you don't have to pay a lot of money for oxygen? It's here for the taking. <laughs> <sighs> go get you some. Yes, I love oxygen. <sighs> Boy, that feels good, you know? And so let's talk here and we're going to talk about you know fun is again the beginning of being functional if functional and so you know how to get functional in life is how to have fun you can get it with oxygen you can learn to love it and you know and get those endorphins flowing it's a beautiful thing and so uh, along with this, how much time do we have for the break here coming up? We got to uh, take a break, Dr. Oh, King. Oh, I figure I was sensing break. You got it. You oh, got that I was clock caught up in that frisbee and now the oxygen. Uh, so much to share. I can't wait to share the next session. All right. Thank you, Dr. King. It's called Fitness Secrets, and we'll learn more about those fitness secrets coming up after the break with Dr. Frank King on The Healing Revolution. Dr. King's flagship farm is now open for tours. Located in Leicester, North Carolina, 15 minutes from downtown Asheville, Dr. King's tour promotes soil to sustenance. Visitors enjoy breathtaking views of the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains with a variety of animals, including bison, African Watusi, elk, camels, deer, and yak. Feed milking camels and see rare white bison and marvel at the largest horned cattle in the world, the African Watusi. To make your reservations or for questions, please visit carolinabison.com. This is The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King. Welcome back to The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King. This is the second episode of Fitness Secrets. And uh, and, and I must confess that uh, after last week's episode, Dr. King, I, I revisited an old friend. It's the Ray Kasaya Park uh, off of uh, Sweeten Creek. And four times around the park is... Uh, a good work, good walk. It's a really nice walk. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hadn't been there in a while until you talked to me about it last week, and I tried to remember to swing my arms. Yes, yeah. So I, it yeah, was good. I heard the people that were talking about this crazy guy down there. You know, <laughs> running around swinging his arms like, uh, yeah. What's wrong with him? Is he okay? Is he, you know. Uh, that old man over there yeah. swinging his arms, walking, swinging those arms as high and as back as forward and backward as far as he can. And uh, you know what? They said you were the happiest guy in the park. You know, <laughs> and so and that's what it is. That's what it's about. Yeah. Getting good old vitamin O. You know, we talk about this uh, in in the book and you know with our patients in the, uh, in about what is the most important. What is the most important. Uh, nutrient that you ha- that we have. What is the most important? If we had to pick one nutrient, what would it be? Is it? Oh, some would say vitamin D. I need vitamin D. That I gets that from. You know, it's important for my immune system for healthy bones. Someone else says vitamin C. No, that's most important. And uh, you know, they go on about vitamin C. And somebody else says no, it's vitamin E. Vitamin E is so important for my muscles and you know, and my joints. And someone else goes on and you know gives you another nutrient and. But, you know, we can live, and we've talked about this in the past, we can live without food for about 60 to 66 days. When people were on starvation diets, you can survive, you die after about 60 to 66 days without, you go on a food starvation diet, zero food. Okay. 
but you can go without water only for three days. We talked about the importance of how water is so valuable and how we underestimate the value and importance of water back a few episodes ago. Now, but wait a minute. What else could be more important than water? You could die in three days without water? That's unless you're a camel, you know, uh, but... What else? Well, how about oxygen, vitamin O? How long can we survive? Only maybe we'll pass out in less than three minutes. Most people are out, done, you know. And, you know, maybe if you're a pearl diver, you can go longer, okay, and with much exercise of, of your oxygen utilization. But, but we only go a few minutes without oxygen. How valuable is oxygen, Think about it for a minute. That's the most essential, most necessary nutrient we we have. You know, we can only live a few minutes without it. Just think how just starving ourselves a little bit of oxygen, how that could affect us. And that's what's happening. Most people are breathing about half the oxygen they should. And why? Was, you know, is there some regulation where, oh, you can only use so much oxygen in this world and we've got to divide it up equally amongst everybody? No, not at all. It's because we are start. it's self-starvation, if you would. And we are creating a self-starvation here. We are impairing ourselves and it's free. And so let's think about that for a minute. We have... Um, we, you know, why and how do we get more oxygen? First of all, we got to look at well, how are we breathing? If you look at most people today that they are under breathing, we call shallow breathers. And you look at the majority of the public today, we are breathing much shallower than we should. And if we do, and we've done studies on breathing, and most people are not breathing with their diaphragm muscles, and the diaphragm muscle is essential for breathing. What is the diaphragm muscle? Do you know, Randy? I could, I think I do, but I don't know how to put it in words of what it is. Mm -hmm. It's always been stressed to us as being very important in speech, in projecting. Mm -hmm. You're a speaker, professional speaker. Right. And the diaphragm is a, a big part of that. That's right. You know, opera singers need to have a good diaphragm, right? Any singer needs to be able to learn to control their diaphragm muscle because that controls oxygen, doesn't it? Right. It controls breathing. And if we run out of oxygen, you know, it's like you talk, talk, talk. You can't talk anymore. Right. And so you got to learn to build up oxygen just like a pearl driver in a sense. Okay. So, you know, we need to look at, uh, you know, I saw down in, what was it? I think we were at uh, SeaWorld. It's going down, you know, for, you know, they were holding their breath for a really long time. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I even challenged myself, I'm going to do that. I was holding the <laughs> breath. And guess what? They out, they were, I, I wasn't lasting anywhere close to what the pearl divers were doing. And so it takes exercise. And so breathing in the diaphragm muscle is a solid muscle. It goes from about where our breastbone is at the bottom of our breastbone. It's a diaphragm-like muscle. It goes all the way through the whole core of our thorax, the whole core of, of our body, you know, the trunk of our body. It goes all the way through to the back, beyond, you know, to the spine, around the spine even. It, you know, the diaphragm is this thing that it you know, it moves in, uh, down and back up, down and back up. It pulls down. When we push out our, when we breathe, we want to do become what we call belly breathers. That's when you're using your diaphragm muscle. That's when you actually are drawing oxygen into, believe us, the lower half of our lungs. Without using our diaphragm muscle, oxygen is only getting approximately half full of our, in our lungs. And half. When, half. We've, by not using our diaphragm, and most people are not using their diaphragm in their breathing very much at all. And you do, when you, if you force yourself into intense exercise, it forces your diaphragm to work. But we want to become conscious of this. Think about, look at a baby. A new, a relatively newborn baby, you know, um, 
And watch, they're laying there on their back. And what's, what do we see? And observe their belly. When they breathe in like this, their belly swells up. That's because they're drawing the oxygen into their lung, all of their lungs, not just half. And so when, the, and when they exhale, the belly goes back down. And you breathe in, your belly swells up. That's your diet. It pulls your diaphragm down to draw that oxygen into your fullness of your lungs. And I'm saying this to get it for us to get this, how important this is. Look at your, if you don't have a baby around to observe, do you have a dog or a cat? Look at, they're laying down on their side, okay? And watch when they're laying on their side there, watch them breathe. And what happens when they breathe in? Their belly swells up very big, okay? When they exhale, the belly shrinks down quite a bit. Breathe in. It's like it's going almost like it's, the oxygen's filling up the belly, you know, but it's not filling it. The belly is just the sign that the diaphragm is working to draw the oxygen to fill up the lungs. And so it's not going all the way to the belly, but that belly needs to happen to move the rib cage, to move everything so that uh, you naturally draw oxygen into your full lung capacity. Okay, and so where you're using more of your whole lungs. Now, you will do this. You'll hit full capacity when you're exercising in what we call you're hitting your peak where, you're, you know, and I'll talk about that later on about how I do these sprints. And if you can't run and sprint at your age or you have knee issues or whatever, then you can always get on a stationary bike a recumbent bike, a regular bike, whatever is comfortable for you. And you can do this bike and pedal as hard as you can and do this for 90 seconds until you hit complete capacity. And that is where all of a sudden when you're done at that 90 seconds, okay, approximately 90 seconds, I usually count about uh, 20, uh, 20 breaths. Okay, you have 20 big, deep breaths. And you'll find where you, okay, and that's about, it's easier for me to count breaths than to try to keep seconds when I'm doing exercising intensely. So I do this for about 20, maybe 22, 24 breaths. Okay, and now, and now I know I hit my about my 90-second peak, and I, we're at the end of that. I can't say out loud, Mary had a little lamb, and I can't get its out. <laughs> you know, it's fleece. I couldn't get, I can't get that out. So that's a quick little way for me to know I hit my peak and I'm like, <gasps> I'm really pushing and breathing heavy and at peak. And so, and then I cool down for, you know, um, did I say 90 seconds? I cooled down for 90 seconds and I hit that peak for about 30 seconds, you know, and I hit that 30 second peak, you know, of, of intensity. And that's about the, again, the 20 breaths. And so that's how we do this. You know, I hit my peak and that's a way to really max your oxygen, get your endorphins flowing. And it does a whole lot more. We'll talk about later, such as how it increases my human growth hormone that helps keep me young and vigorous and why how it increases my testosterone and we all need testosterone men and women both needs a certain level of testosterone so this if you look at sprinters how do they look don't they look pretty good don't they oh yeah you know you look at a sprinter compared to a let's say a marathon runner you know you see the sprinter how do they get do they lift weights not really no but just by doing those sprints Okay, it creates these hormones, you know, that maximize. And we looked, you know, they look more statuesque. You know, they look, they're cut, they're they're muscular, they're lean. You know, they look good. They look what you, wow, that's the epitome of health. And so just what's, that's what sprinting does for us. So think about that. And if you can't sprint, again, you can still do this on a recumbent bicycle or something along this line where you can, everybody can reach their peak. Always when I say this, talk to your doctor, and hopefully you have a doctor that understands fitness and help guide you and direct you into helping you get into your peak fitness, finding your fit in your fitness, finding these are secrets to help you get fit. And how long does it take? It takes 30 seconds to hit my peak, and then you might want to try to do that a few times, and you cool off for 90 seconds you know, with a light pedal or a walk or a jog, whatever, depending on your fitness level. 
and then you go back after a 90-second rest period, do it again. And see how many times you can do it. You know, slowly, when you reach your top, you will be able to do this and work up to doing this about eight times. 30 seconds, eight times, you know, uh, it's not very much, is it? You're done there. You have, you hit a, and I only suggest you only need to do this maybe two times a week. If you want, max out at three times a week. That's all you need. Doing more than that is not necessary. But that goes back to what we've done. Think about it. What was our survival skill, uh, you know, back in the paleo days? What is it that we're genetic? going back to our genetics here. And what is it that we did? We either ran after that saber-toothed tiger with the spear and got it or ran away from it and got back to the village in time where we didn't end up being saber-toothed tiger poop. <laughs> okay? And that's the goal, right? That was the survival thing. And that's still in our genetic code. And so those are those are the things that are really are key to us, to getting back to our roots of what makes a difference. When we get away from these genetic roots within us, you know, we get and we start creating more what we call negative gene expressions that lead to disease. When we get back to these genetic roots, we start creating positive gene expressions that create health. And that's that's why I'm sharing this. We need to have that sprint ability. We need that's a hunter gatherer thing. That's when we're out hunting. You know, we went after the the hunt. We ran down after hitting the you know getting the deer with the arrow, and we had to chase that deer so we didn't lose it. Okay, we had to go after it, and so these are things that are very important for us to understand. And and so you know whole body. Breathing. I want to, you know, emphasize a little more about this, and uh, I know we're probably getting close to a break here, but we want to go with just a little bit. I want to talk about this whole body fitness and the diaphragm, and the, you know, and the sprinters, and the deep breathing. How important this is, uh, and how you know what is zombies? Again, we talked about zombies in the past, but zombies are shallow breathers. They're not breathing the full breath and enjoying the beauties of oxygen and it keeps us young and vigorous. No, they're, they're very shallow breathers. They're slow. They walk without swinging their arms. They're, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, these are where we get away from who, what brings us abundant life and gets us back into the zombieville. And we don't want to be there. And so, um, Again, looking at how can we, you know, maintain that breathing, we want to. There's also a strapping technique that we recommend. And in this strapping technique, you can get the widest belt that you have. And if you don't have one, okay, uh, you don't have a Western belt with a big buckle on it. Uh, you go back and go go see one of your sixty five year old friends who had that wide hippie belt back in the sixties. There you go, patent leather white, right? Or, or maybe your wife has an extra belt. You know okay. that will work. Okay, and you get a wider belt. You get any belt will work, but it's, you know we have straps too that you can buy. But you know the wide, a little wider the better, and you put them around the lower part of your rib cage. You bring them around in front of you and cross over. So you can create a tension. You cinch up, in a sense, not buckle the belt, okay? But you pull it. Both opposite arm are across each other, pulling. Uh, so you grab the left side of the belt around your body with your right hand, right side of the belt on your body on the left hand, where you cinch and pull across, and you tighten it up, in a sense, against your rib cage. And you breathe in, holding a resistance. Well, you breathe in and you try to expand your rib cage. Most of us have not been breathing with our full diaphragm that our rib cage has become impaired and shrunk. It's not expanding the way it should. And so that movement, that freedom of movement in our rib cage has been lost. Now we can begin to push against it. Now we're exercising our rib cage to open up. And you let your rib cage win. Okay, you don't want to, you know, where it pushes and opens a little further. And do this five, maybe even 10, maybe even 15 times. And where you can begin, and you need to do this on a regular basis, daily, I would say, and 
begin to really help open and uh, that frozen up rib cage, where it really helps us open it up, expand those ribs, uh, ability for those ribs to expand. You're exercising that. And you'll find right after the first time you do this, you know, 10, 15 times, you know, you'll breathe. And after you've done it, take a breath in and go, wow, I never realized it just naturally expanded further. My ribs actually expanded further than they ever did. I, I can feel the difference in that immediately. And that's a sign you've done it correctly. And this is a good thing where now you're beginning to retrain your diaphragm to work for you. And we had to put even little sticky notes around. I have my patients put these and I do these around my home where I have on the mirror, you know, in on the refrigerator in different places I'm might stop on a regular basis and look and see it might say breathe 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 you got to remind yourself we've been shallow breathing for so long it takes time to get this simple habit back it doesn't take anything away from our day from our time you can do this anywhere you're driving in your car uh, watching even watching tv get your posture up and breathe uh, do this at work. Heck, we're doing it while we're on a radio show. Absolutely. And so it's a beautiful thing we can do anytime, anywhere. And so we want to encourage people to breathe and learn to enjoy the fruitfulness of our oxygen, the fruitfulness of breathing freely again. Oh, what a liberation it is. What a beautiful thing to feel that oxygenation entering into the lower half of our lungs for a change. Our lungs will be happy. Our whole body will be so much more happy because we're getting more oxygen. We'll see that fatigue melt away. Way, go fade away and be replaced with energy. Energy. It's you were a talking good thing. about uh, uh, the uh, expanding your rib cage and uh, all posture. Is, this is a perfect time to talk about posture because we're we're on our cell phones. We're humped over. We're at the desk, and mm-hmm. I mean, it, I have to remind myself: mm-hmm. sit up straight in the chair yep. and speak forward. You know, yes. it, it, you sound better when your posture is better. Even absolutely, you know? do you ever notice? Practice smiling when you speak, absolutely. and all of a sudden, that your speech becomes—you can hear it on the other end, right, uh, of the radio. You know, so just. Putting a smile. We used to have a mirror in front of all of our secretaries, uh, and people would answer the phone. Customer service had a, everybody has a mirror, and in that mirror, they we teach them. Okay, before you answer the phone, look in the mirror and see if you're smiling. Put a smile on, even if you don't feel like it. It changes things. It'll change not only the sound of your voice. It will change you. Just putting the smile on. Sit up straight, get your posture on, and all of a sudden, you sound better. You do. You know, and so that is, and I know that's a secret in the radio business. It is, it is. And uh, it's a secret in life, and it's a secret in your fitness. Thank you, Dr. King. We're learning more and more fitness secrets on today's show. And we'll take a break and be right back and learn some more from Dr. Frank King on The Healing Revolution. Dr. King's flagship farm is now open for tours. Located in Leicester, North Carolina, 15 minutes from downtown Asheville, Dr. King's tour promotes soil to sustenance. Visitors enjoy breathtaking views of the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains with a variety of animals, including bison, African Watusi, elk, camels, deer, and yak. Feed milking camels and see rare white bison and marvel at the largest horned cattle in the world, the African Watusi. To make your reservations or for questions, please visit carolinabison.com. This is The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King. 
Welcome back to The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King and more fitness secrets. And uh, where are we headed? Well, this is the final segment of our, our this episode. So where are you taking us now with these secrets, Doc? We have a few more episodes of fitness, but I do want to hit on some of the foundations here. One more foundation. We've been talking about the importance of breathing. Mm-hmm. And once we learn to breathe complete, you know, that's going to help us in enjoying our fitness more because that's what creates so much indoor that feel-good hormone doing good stuff. And that, that's something that is so important. And, but we're oxygenating our bodies fully, making sure we're, not, you know, we're forcing that oxygen to manifest in our bodies. But when we learn to breathe just naturally as well, that's going to take our level of energy to another level. When I get more oxygen in my body, I feel like doing more. I'm storing up energy, if you would. You know, something else with the diaphragm that is important, we'll talk about in a, one of the later shows, is also the diaphragm is what in acupuncture considered a reservoir of energy that's stored in our acupuncture systems. And this is a reservoir of energy. And if we don't use our diaphragm, we lose our reservoir of energy that keeps us going steady and strong throughout the day. And so very, very important. Another reason to get your diaphragm on. Okay. And I'm not talking, you know, Randy, I know you went somewhere else with that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, and so, you know, it's a diaphragm it's within our rib cage, between our lung uh, our, and lungs and our stomachs. It's between our digestive system and our respiratory system. It's two separate systems. That diaphragm is a powerful, powerful tool, you know, to really take our energy and our life and our oxygen to a whole new place. When you can just by working it and it becomes a natural habit, you'll in, you'll double your oxygen intake without even trying. That's that's not even counting the exercise part, where we really can take it seven or take our oxygen uptake seventy times more when we start hitting peak in our oxygenation. So very very important. The thing I want to finish with today is something we call posture. You want to position yourself to enjoy. You know, uh, in fitness. And one of the things, there's a few things in life that we've forgotten that have been lost. And one of those I want to talk about is squatting. Squatting. And uh, this is very important. Squatting is, you know, how many people can actually still squat? I'm not just talking about going down on on your toes and pushing yourself back up. I'm talking about a flat foot squat. How if you look at how primitive people when they get together and they sit down, you know, they sitting in chairs. On the to- even the toilet has messed up our squatting, you know, and uh, and so we don't we don't squat, and you know, but you look at primitive people they they sit down in a way where their feet are about shoulder width apart, and they sit down where their thighs and their buttocks is actually on their heels and on in their th- in their hamstrings the back of their legs is up against their um, calf muscles. Okay, and they squat flat-footed. Most people can't do a flat-footed squat where they just—I'm talking about just squat down and just like we're sitting around a campfire without a chair, and we just can squat. And you know, again, primitive world, we all did that. That was the way we were. To, we were. We would sit, and so squatting is very important. Uh, it really helps reset our posture, actually. And it's also very important for having good, healthy, regular bowel movements. If you, that's how would you have a bowel movement in nature? Would you look around for a toilet? Excuse me, is there a restroom around here? Uh, no, no, no. You know, we would squat. Now, most of you will find flat-footed squat most people cannot do today. But you can learn to do this. And it's important to get back your some of your primitive skills. Essential for bowel movements, regular, good, solid, natural, easy, because it opens up the, the bowels to function naturally. So if you have a constipation issue, you want to learn to squat for sure. This will help solve that. Number two, it'll help reset your posture where you get to stretch your spine 
in a very important way in keeping your spine flexible. We'll have a whole show just on the spine and how important it's the lifeline of your body and how important this is. It controls all your body functions, like your circuit breaker system of your body. It'll help set your spine right. It'll help set your posture right. And if you can't squat, get a rope or some a belt or something onto a solid, strong piece, a stable piece of furniture that won't move and hold on to that and try to get in that squatted position. It's going to be difficult. But, you know, just because you can't do it right now doesn't mean you can't do it. You just keep exercising, spend a little time every day practicing in getting back to your natural squatting position. You'll be glad you did because once you learn to squat, it'll change a lot in your natural posture. You'll extend your spine. It'll begin to get your whole posture back lined up again. And, you know, this is very important because if we don't get our posture right, we just talked about it when you're on the air. You know, just as we did with our customer service, uh, when you're on, you know, in talking to people, if your posture is up straight, you're going to sound up straight. You're going to sound much better. You're going to sound more alive. You're going to sound like, you know, more with more authority. You'll speak with more authority. You'll have a joy putting that smile on your face and getting your posture right and breathing, you know, completely. That's going to change with the outcome of the person you're speaking to at the other end of that phone or on the other end of the radio. It makes a difference. You guys know it in the industry. It's a secret. It's a secret in the industry. It really is. It's a secret in customer service, and it's a secret in life. It's a secret to how we are going to feel better. When our posture is back and strong and we're feeling good, You know, we want to do more good. We want to get fitness then. If we have been in bad posture all day long and hunched over at a desk and, and, you know, we have standing desks in our office. So we can not only, you know, we're not sitting all the time. We can stand up. We can move around. We can work on our posture. We can even squat. You know, I've talked to a number of people today squatting. <laughs> they didn't know it, but I was squatting. And I want to end it. There's a little story about the uh, Native American boy, you know, was asking, you know, his, he, just had a, uh, he just had a little brother born. And he's about, you know, seven years old, six years old. And uh, so he watched his father was in there with his mother and they were with the the medicine man and they were having given birth and you know and you know he heard the baby then crying and his father comes out with almost this trance like look and goes and looks around and sees a sign and uh you know and uh the little boy says so we had a he went over to his son and he said we have you have a little brother now you know his name is soaring eagle and he says Oh, Dad, you know, Father, how you know it's interesting. How do how do we get our names like this? And uh, he says, "Well, after I given birth, I come out and I look, and I you know with us and I see we have a boy or a girl, you know. Then I go out seeking a great spirit to ask, give me a sign of what the name of this child should be." And uh, and hence I looked up and my first sign of the nature, you know, the great spirit guided me to uh, looking up. I saw a soaring eagle. And so your little brother's name is Soaring Eagle. So he says, uh, why do you ask, squatting dog? <laughs> you, think, you, you think we wrap this show up on that? No. I, I think that's uh, if we can hopefully that can help us remember to squat. Dr. King, we thank you so much. We always learn so much. And next week, we'll jump right back into this topic of more fitness secrets here on The Healing Revolution with Dr. Frank King. As an author, lecturer, and whole health practitioner, Dr. King has a passion for natural health and empowering people to reach optimal health and wellness. Dr. King's 40-year career as a natural healer is all about equipping you and your healing revolution. 
Go to drkings.com to take free personalized health appraisals, including his whole person appraisal and candida test. You know your body best, so take back your health and awaken your healing power within. Learn more about the healing revolution by visiting drkings.com, where you can sign up for Dr. King's free newsletter or email a question about your health to Dr. King at thr at kingbio.com and join the healing revolution. You say you want a better- 